0: Tales of the Travelling Bag by Griselda Hill Narrated by William Merrin Hill. On his first adventure into the wide world beyond the nest, Jerry the gerbil meets Jesus. With the help of his human friends Joanna and Joel, he becomes a disciple and accompanies Jesus throughout his travels and ministry. Tale number four. The official's son. John 4, verses 46 to 54. Abby awoke with a start. Bare feet were passing close to him. He whisked his tail out of harm's way and listened. Yes. Someone was creeping out of the door and into the street. It was dark outside. Abby sniffed. The scent of fresh dew on the grass told him that it was early, very early. The cloaked figure bent, straightened, and a moment later there was the soft, slap-slapping sound of sandals on the hard-packed earth, gradually fading away. Who could it be? Only robbers were abroad at night, he knew that. But the figure that had passed him was no robber. He looked like... The master? But where could he possibly be going in the dark hours when decent folks kept to their beds? Abby shrugged. None of his business. He had more important matters at hand. Abby crept away from his family and made his way laboriously round the sleeping mats that covered almost every inch of the floor. Curled up recumbent forms breathed quietly. Here and there was a gentle snore. It had been a good wedding. He reached the wall by the waterpots, up onto a stool, up again, and along the shelf. Below him yawned the opened mouths of the great earthenware jars. The smell of water, good, clean water, came to his nostrils as he ran along the six jars, jumping from rim to rim. Certainly water, all water, from the well at the back, of course. He could smell the earthiness of the deep underground chamber that was fed by the spring from the hillside. But wait, this last jar had a lingering sweetness that spoke of ripe, trodden grapes. He licked the rim. Yes, definitely. One of the servants had forgotten to rinse this one. Traces of the full-bodied, scented wine remained. He sighed happily. It had happened. It wasn't in his imagination. He had thought about it almost all the long night. So the water had become wine as he remembered. But now he had another problem, a big one. This was proof that the master had indeed changed the water into wine. So now, who was the master? He sat down on the shelf to ponder. Jerry woke to find his brother jerking at his tail. He snatched it away and squeezed his eyes tightly shut, but it was no good. Wake up, wake up, Billy said urgently. I'm hungry and you promised. Jerry groaned. He remembered only too well his annoyance of the night before and how he had made his naughty brother leave the kitchen and sit with him out of everyone's way. you will spoiled a wedding, he had explained. Do you think the presence of a gerbil in the kitchen won't cause a riot and a big chase? Not everyone is like the master, or Joanna. Gerbils are supposed to be outside in the grass, not dancing at a wedding. His brother had sat sad and penitent but irrepressible tomorrow jerry he had pleaded promise me tomorrow we'll search for crumbs and jerry had promised they made their way over to where the millstone stood against the wall grains lay sprinkled with here and there a tasty crumb of bread from yesterday's baking Each clutching a pawful, the two little gerbils scuttled out of the house and up onto the wall, where the olive tree leaned and early sunbeams danced. It was a beautiful morning. Their breakfast finished, Jerry dozed in the coolness, enjoying the birdsong and the breeze, while Billy amused himself by pouncing on the shadows made by the slim oval leaves. A large grasshopper leapt onto the stones and had begun sawing his strident, squeaking song of praise to the day when he was suddenly knocked over by Billy's bouncing. He was most annoyed and said so. Jerry wagged his finger at Billy severely and pulled him over to sit beside him. Muttering, the grasshopper removed himself and soon could be heard singing away down in the grasses. Billy grinned at Jerry. Jerry. In spite of himself, or perhaps because he remembered the master's word, forgive. Jerry grinned back. They were friends again. Billy joyfully sprang into the hanging twigs and began to swing from them, higher and higher with each swing. Hold tight. The leaves are slippery, began Jerry. You don't want to. But it was too late. Billy flew high into the air, somersaulted down, and landed with a plop in the dust. Jerry gasped and jumped down beside him. Billy looked up with a pain-wrecked face. "I I think, I think, oh, Jerry, it hurts, he squeaked. Jerry gently lifted his brother and helped him to the grass verge, where the young gerbil crumpled into a little heap, holding his broken foot, and began to sob. Suddenly, Jerry stiffened. A figure was coming up the road. He recognized the easy, swinging, rhythmic tread of the master. Thank goodness.
1: Wait here, Billy,
0: he cried, and began to race as fast as he could down the road. It seemed a very long way before he reached his friend. The master smiled. Well, little one, he said. Don't tell me. It's your brother again. Jerry nodded and pointed. He, he gasped breathlessly,
1: fell out of the olive. Please, master, he hurts. Do something. I know you can,
0: he added trustingly. To such belong the kingdom of heaven, said the master to himself. He smiled at the gerbil. There is a special blessing for those who believe without first seeing a miracle, he murmured. Young Bill is fine. Stop worrying. Go and see. And he gave Jerry a gentle push. Thank you, you, cried Jerry, and turned to sprint back up the road. Come on, this'll be quicker, laughed the master, scooping Jerry up in his hands. And he strode on to where they could both see the small furry ball in the grass. But Billy wasn't crying any more. He stared up into the master's face with bright black eyes. A look of understanding passed between them, and Billy hung his head. The master put Jerry down in the dust beside his now silent brother. Are you okay now? he asked. Billy nodded, still without speaking. Jerry elbowed him.
1: Then say thank you, he hissed. Thank you
0: whispered Billy so quietly that it could have been the breeze passing through the grasses
1: thank you thank you
0: a pair of brown eyes twinkled a gentle finger ruffled his fur and the master passed by into the house people were stirring. smoke was rising from the breakfast fires Jerry took Billy's paw do you know what happened he asked Billy nodded seriously.
1: It hurt badly all the time you were running away down the road. I thought you had left me because you were cross, and then suddenly it didn't hurt any more.
0: He regarded Jerry through puzzled eyes.
1: He did it, didn't he?
0: Jerry nodded.
1: The master,
0: went on Billy.
1: He did it.
0: There was silence for a while then. Who is he, Jerry? He's the son of God, the Messiah. No one is too unimportant and nothing is too small for him, even us gerbils. The Messiah, said Billy, and his tear-stained face brightened joyfully.
1: He's who we've all been waiting for. Let's tell Dad,
0: he cried. They found their father behind the water jars. He had been crying. They could tell because there were tear stained channels down his face. But now, somehow, there was a different look about him. There was a light in his eyes. Dad,
1: Dad, guess what happened to me?
0: squeaked Billy. Abby took no notice. His eyes were fixed on Jerry's. My apologies, son, he said. I didn't believe you. I was too busy. But you're right. I just had to check it for myself. Your master is the one that everyone has been waiting for, but none of us really believed that he would come.
1: Listen, Dad, listen, he healed my foot,
0: squeaked Billy, grabbing at his father's hand. It
1: was a miracle. Look, it's all better now.
0: Abby stared incredulously at Billy's foot and then at the boys. Jerry nodded. He fell out of the tree and it was broken, really badly broken.
1: And bleeding, it was all folded back under me and it was bleeding all over the place,
0: gabbled Billy. But then the master came and...
1: Suddenly all the pain went and it was as if I hadn't fallen at all,
0: finished Billy wonderingly. His father took a deep breath. Come on, off with you, up onto the wall. I'll fetch your mum, we have a lot to talk about he said. The family met on the sun-washed wall, their cheeks stuffed with grain and crumbs. As they ate, they discussed the water turned into wine at the wedding and the healing of Billy's foot. Billy kept stretching it out to show them and saying,
1: It broke, didn't it, Jerry? It was broke.
0: Broken, replied Jerry automatically. Yes, and the master healed it. Emmy hugged Billy until he protested.
1: I didn't see, I didn't see,
0: she cried. I wish I had too, said their father. But dad, no one did except Billy. I was with the master and we were way down the road when it happened. He was healed by the time we got back. And you were ages, said Billy. Nevertheless, it was healed, said Abby. "'a faraway look in his eyes. "'He was remembering his own secret encounter "'with the master behind the jars. "'And now we know who he is, "'we have to tell everyone. "'Oh, Dad, I thought it was just going to be me. "'Now we can all be disciples and follow him,' cried Jerry. "'Steady on, son. "'Disciples, yes. "'But we don't all have to follow him everywhere he goes.' Some of us have work to do, and we'll just have to be disciples at home. There'll be plenty for us to do at home, too. They were interrupted by hurrying feet and a voice shouting, The master! Has anyone seen the master? It was a man wearing the blue and white robes of King Herod's court. You could see he was important by the royal badge on his robes. I must find him! It's urgent! At the sound, the door to the house opened and several people, including the master, stepped out. Master, master, cried the official, hurrying up to him. My son is dying. I know you can perform miracles. Please, please help him. The master regarded him with compassion. Why are you asking me? The man seemed bewildered. Because you can do miracles. Everyone says so. Are you asking me to do a miracle because everyone says so, or are you asking me to heal your son because you believe that I can? asked Jesus. The man was quiet. He looked from Jesus to the crowd and then back again. Jerry heard his father's voice in his ear. What does he mean, Jerry? Isn't he going to heal the boy? I think so, Jerry whispered back. But you see, he doesn't want people to believe in miracles as if this was all magic. He wants people to
1: believe in who he is. The master can do anything, anything at all. Of course he can make the boy better. But he wants us to choose
0: to believe in who he is for ourselves. Listen, the man will have to choose for himself. The master won't make him. You are the master, and I believe that you can help my son, cried the official throwing himself down at the master's feet, regardless of the grass stains he would get on his robes, and regardless of the gathering crowd. I was in Capernaum, and my little boy fell ill. I heard you were in Cana. I know you can heal people, and I know you are the only one who can. Master! You are the master! Did you run all the way here? asked the master.
1: I was afraid you might have moved on,
0: the official answered. Again there was silence. The man stared beseechingly. At last the master spoke. You can go home. Your son will live. The official grabbed the master's hand and wrung it, his face alight with gratitude. Without stopping for anyone, he swung round and began to run back up the road towards Capernaum. The crowd watched without comment. Catch him up and give him this, said the master, unhooking his leather water bottle from his belt. He'll need it. And he handed the bottle to a nearby disciple, who immediately chased after the vanishing official. Abby stared at the master long and hard. We saw no miracle this time, he said to himself. The water turned into wine. We saw that and tasted it. He ran his tongue around his lips. But this time, nothing was seen. The boy is miles away. Almost as if he understood, Jerry said quietly. The man believed without seeing. Billy's foot was healed while I was down the road because I believed too. It's believing in him that's important. His father nodded. Suddenly there was a soft voice right beside them. All of us, Jesus too, are going to Capernaum by the lake for a few days' holiday. They're going tomorrow, but Joel and I are leaving in a few minutes so we can stay with his brother. Do you want a lift? There was a chuckle. Or would you rather hop sixteen miles? It was Joanna. She held out the basket towards them, and in an instant all four gerbils had hopped in and vanished into the folds of the napkin. You and those gerbils, laughed Joel, picking it up. Come on, if we go now, we'll just make it in time for supper. It was a long, hot afternoon, the wind blew dust clouds that swirled up into their faces, causing Joanna to wrap her shawl around her head and complain of the grittiness in her teeth. They walked with the unhurried rhythmic tread that can carry on for mile after mile, not too fast and not too slow. From time to time, Joanna took her turn with the basket. It was Joel's turn when Joanna shaded her eyes from the glaring whiteness of the road and exclaimed, "'We've caught him up, the official. "'Look, they're ahead of us.' "'I hope nothing's wrong,' said Joel with concern. "'He should have been nearly home by now, "'and he was certainly in a big hurry. "'Won't he have a wonderful surprise?' "'They continued walking, "'but were quickly catching up with the man, "'and now they saw that he was limping badly. "'Suddenly he almost fell, "'recovered, and then hobbled over to the side of the road.' They quickened their pace. The official sat among the stones. He was examining his sandal. It broke a little way back. I tried to mend it, but the leather's torn, he explained. Joanna examined the sandal. It was made of dyed and polished leather, thin and delicate, the sort worn by noblemen at court, not like the rough and practical sandals that she and Joel and other country folk wore. I've been trying to manage, he added, and indicated his foot. Joel glanced down and exclaimed. The foot was torn and bleeding, and one toe was definitely swollen. Here, wrap your foot in this napkin, said Joanna, whipping a soft cloth from the basket. She bound it, and they tied the sandal on with a big knot. We'll give you a hand, Joel said cheerfully. Always better when we help one another. Thanking them, the official rose stiffly. Joel took his arm and Joanna took the basket, and together they began to climb the hill. When they reached the top, Joel said, Wait a moment, and ran over to some scrubby bushes. A moment later, he returned with a dead branch which he stripped of its leaves. Try this, he said. The official took the stick gratefully, and the three of them continued on down the dusty, seemingly endless road. Time went by, the man stumbling and dragging his feet more and more, and they got slower and slower. Joanna was getting worried. Joel's family would wonder where they were. The sun sank lower and lower, and eventually went behind a cloud. It began to get dark. Night was coming. It would never do to be caught on the road after dark. "'At last up ahead of them the road forked "'and a rooftop could be seen among the trees. "'A dog barked. "'Joel caught Joanna's eye. "'She jerked her head and pointed silently at the sky. "'We're stopping at my brother's place just over there,' "'he said conversationally. "'Looks as if a storm's coming. "'Why don't you stay with us? "'That foot needs some attention. "'You can go on at first light without us.' The man stood still, swaying slightly. "'I have to get home,' he muttered. "'I have to get home!' Suddenly, he swayed too far and fell heavily onto Joel, who staggered, but managed to steady him. "'I have to get home, my son!' muttered the official again, his voice thick and slurred. Half lifting him, Joel spoke firmly to Joanna. "'He's not going any further tonight,' too long a journey and far, far too much sun. That night they spent with Joel's family, and by morning the official had almost recovered and was in a desperate hurry to be gone. A pair of plain sandals was found for him, and after a speedy breakfast he, Joel and Joanna, not forgetting the basket, took to the road again. This time all three travelled swiftly, and within the hour they were gazing down from the high ridge onto the fishing town of Capernaum. The lake glittered like a diamond in the sun. Gulls were wheeling and screaming overhead, boats were coming in with the morning catch, and two people could be seen climbing the hill towards them. Suddenly the official exclaimed and began a stumbling run. He had recognized them. ''Servants,'' said Joel briefly, "'That must be his home down there.' As they watched, the official met with the men, threw his arms wide and leapt into the air, shouting,
1: "'Praise God! Praise God!'
0: Joanna's face broke into a broad grin. "'Good news!' she cried. "'Of course,' said Joel. "'What did you expect?' "'I didn't not expect it,' replied Joanna, with a sideways, almost annoyed glance at him. "'It just... Well, it still surprises me. Me too, thought Jerry, peeping through the gaps in the basket. Even though after Billy, I expected it. Joanna, Joel, come quickly, shouted the official. My son is well. We must celebrate. Hold on, said Jerry. Now we're all going to run. And run they did. By the time Joanna and Joel pushed their way through the excited throng outside the official's house, the four gerbils had been shaken into a tumbled heap at the bottom of the basket and were all dizzily seeing stars. They lay there wide-eyed and listening to the cacophony of sound. People were shouting and laughing, babies were crying, and children were running everywhere. Amidst the hubbub, one voice persisted. "'Jerry recognised it immediately as the officials. "'But when did he get better?' "'No matter,' came the answer. "'But it matters to me. "'When,
1: when, I must know when. "'Oh, sometime yesterday. "'No,
0: tell me, tell me, when!' "'And then the answer came. "'In the afternoon at one o'clock the fever left him. "'There was a sharp intake of breath.' Jerry struggled up to peer out from under the napkin. By the basket stood a large woman with her arms around a young boy. In front of her, his hands cupping the child's face gently, stood the father who had run so far to find the only one in the world with the solution to his problems. Indeed, to every problem that there ever was, great or small. "'At one o'clock, that was the exact time?' "'Yes, one o'clock, husband. What's wrong?' "'The woman inquired. "'Nothing, nothing is wrong, nothing at all,' cried her husband. "'That was the exact time that I spoke to the master. "'It was one o'clock.' "'He stroked the boy's cheeks tenderly, tears pouring down his face. "'All the way there I knew he could. "'All the way there I hoped he would. "'When I was there he said he did, and all the way back.' I knew he had. What are you talking about, husband? The official gave a joyful, vibrant laugh and swept both wife and son into his arms. Come, wife, I have much to tell you, I have much to tell everyone. I will tell the whole world my story so they will all know the Master. For two thousand years I will tell my story of the goodness and the love of the Master of all, the Son of God. Let us go in and celebrate our son's new life, because today we have new friends and we have found the Saviour. Deep down among the snowy folds of the napkin, Jerry regarded his father. The master told me, he began, he said there is a special blessing for those who believe without first seeing a miracle. That's us, said his father quietly, we will receive the special blessing, for we too have found the saviour.